When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, we are going to talk about those volume bars that you see that can be really dramatic and really huge in the after hours trading. Sometimes you'll see it in the pre-market hours. Should you be concerned with that? Should you trade off of those? Should that make you want to be more engaged in after hours trading? We're going to talk about all that in this particular podcast episode. First, make sure that you've liked and subscribed if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to me on one of the major podcast platforms, make sure to leave a review. Five stars would be great. And for today's email, we're going to give the guy a good Florida red nickname, as I always do, of Dudley. And Dudley writes, Ryan, fairly new listener here. We've interacted a couple of times on Twitter, but I have a question that I think may be unique and could possibly be a good podcast. The question regards trading on this past Friday, June 23rd, 2023. We're a little bit past June 23rd, but nonetheless, we'll still address the issue. Several stocks saw huge volume spikes after hours. I've seen this in the past as well. And I can't seem to find any information regarding these spikes. I suspect options are in place somehow, but I can't seem to find where any monthly options expired this past Friday. Is this something that you can elaborate on? Sincerely, Dudley. Dudley, good question. And one of the things I'll say about after hours trading and pre-market trading, a lot of people get into it. A lot of people have a lot of emotions when it comes to especially pre-market trading. Pre-market trading, I would say, is highly emotional and highly panic driven oftentimes, especially when there's a big move in the pre-market. You oftentimes see a move in the pre-market that is extremely exaggerated to the downside. And then during regular trading hours, you will see that move start to recorrect itself and start to move higher throughout the course of the day. And people are like, why did I get out right there before the market even opened? If I would have just waited till the market opened during regular trading hours, I probably wouldn't have sold that position but they did because there was so much panic in there. And remember, even in the best of situations, the pre-market isn't great for liquidity. In some cases, if it's an earnings report, there's plenty of liquidity, but by and large, regular trading hours has your best liquidity levels. So if you're doing it in the pre-market, especially if it's like a downgrade and there's not a lot of volume to it, you're risking a lot of, make sure you're checking the bid and ask price. And that's one of the things that I would say, if you're going to take a pre-market move or an after-hours move serious, you need to be looking at the bid and ask price. Is there a large spread? Well, there's probably not a significant meaning behind that move. Because if it's based on something real that the stock's moving because maybe there was an upgrade in after-hours trade, you usually see those in the pre-market, but let's say there was like a major news event or something else, then you're going to want to see that the bid and the ask price is pretty close. If you're seeing a stock that closed at $100 a share and it's trading at $110 a share in the after hours, but you see the bid price at 99 and you're seeing the ask price at 111, 
That's a pretty big spread. I mean, that's that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's still, it's a very big spread. And that would tell you, okay, some goofball probably sold five shares at the high end of that crazy bid ask, and it's exaggerating the actual move in the post-market trading. So I wouldn't take those moves too serious. But if you see a stock that closed the day at 100 and it's now trading at 110, and you see a bid ask of like 109.98 and an ask of 110.01, yeah, there might be something serious there. And you're seeing the volume continue to trickle in and it's moving up and down. Yeah, there's some activity there. You're seeing that there's actually a lot of traders. But sometimes these moves, there's like one trader that did it. And it, it might have been just like a fat finger flush. Maybe it was only like a couple of shares but it was enough to actually register in the after hours and, and cause a, a spike that wasn't really meaningful and won't be there when the market opens the next day. Another one that I really don't take very serious is after hours trading on Friday afternoons. I think especially with the indices could care less. That doesn't mean that there can't be some meeting behind them, but by and large, it doesn't even register come Sunday night when the futures open up again. So a lot of times if you see a strong end of day rally into the close and this in the S&P 500 just keeps marching up in after hours for you know another 15 minutes or so I don't really put a lot of faith behind that because it's a good chance that it's not even going to be thought of come Sunday it's going to probably recorrect itself when the futures open up Sunday night or quickly recorrect itself thereafter so after hours trading Friday afternoon it doesn't really mean too much. Even, even if it's options expiration, I don't care about it. By and large, I don't care about after hours or pre-market trading. I don't think that there's a lot of reason to trade it. Even, and this might surprise some of you, I, there's times where I'll buy a stock at $100 a share and then it gets down towards my stop loss and it gaps down below it the next day. So let's say my stop loss is at $96 a share and it closed at $97 a share, but there was a downgrade. Now it's trading at... $95 a share. So I'm going to lose about another percent or so on it. A lot of people will say, oh my gosh, I got to get out of it. I'm going to get out of it now in the pre-market. I still wait for, for the regular market to, to start trading. Why? Because again, there's a lot of panic in the pre-market. It doesn't mean that it can't get worse, but that's just one of my rules. I That's one of my rules of trading. I don't trade the pre-market. I don't trade the after hours. I trade regular trading. Then you're starting to expand your parameters for what you will and what you won't do. And then you're taking on a whole lot of emotions. Pre-market trading, like I said, very emotional driven, very unreliable. Post-market trading, same exact thing. So then I'm going to start branching out into those areas where the emotions are far greater and the price action is less reliable. And I'm going to expect myself to be more disciplined in the process. No. So I don't do it at all. So I'll wait for the market to open. And once it opens, I start putting my orders in. I'll say this too, that I notice a lot of times, even the stock is going to keep going down at the, at the market open a lot of times. And I've been able to save, you know, one or 2% on a trade at times is that if it gets a little bit of a pop right at the open where people are waiting till the opening bell to cover their short positions or to go ahead and start buying some on the dip. And you'll get this momentary blip of where it'll jump up like a percent or two. And you can actually curb your losses some, but you got to be disciplined. You can't get into the ideas like, oh, the bottom's in. Everybody's just going to buy it thereafter. That could be the case, but more times than not, it's just a quick blip that'll last for maybe 30 seconds to a couple minutes, and then it comes right back down again. So if I'm going to be stopped out at the open, whether it's because of gap down or it's right on my stop loss, I take a little bit of a time to put my stop loss in. I'll wait like 30 seconds to a minute to a couple minutes before I actually put that stop loss in. And usually I can save face. Now, th there's a little bit of a looseness when you're doing that. You, you do risk, you know, seeing a flush to the downside, but that could happen too before you can even get your order in right at the open as well. One thing that I will say that is not 
highly emotionally charged is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That is the swing trading website that goes along with this podcast. Man, check it out. You're going to get all my stock market research each and every day. Multiple videos sent to you each and every day. You're also going to get market updates. You're going to get big tech updates. You're going to get my weekly bullish and bearish watch list. You're going to get my daily watch list. Really good stuff. Really good videos. I highly encourage it. Swingtradingthestockmarket.com and you're supporting this podcast and the material that I've been churning out now for, geez, 2017, I think I started this podcast or 2018. I don't know, but it was a while ago. And I think when I first started, it was like nine or 10 people listening to me. And now I think I'm like over like four or 5 million downloads, which is kind of cool. So it's been quite the journey. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So when can the news actually be valid news? Well, we're in the middle of earnings season right now. What have we seen? We've, we've seen Apple report. We've seen Microsoft report. We've seen all the big tech stocks report for the most part. NVIDIA hasn't reported yet, but one of the common traits there is, yeah, there's a lot of trading that goes on when those earnings reports come out. And it's not just big tech stocks. It can be Caterpillar. It can be a lot of your major companies that a lot of you guys know of. Even small companies can have a lot of liquidity when their earnings report comes out. Should you trade it? Not me. I, I ain't going to trade it. Even though the earnings is out and I'm not necessarily holding a stock through earnings, you're starting to trade that reaction to the earnings. And that is extremely, extremely unpredictable. I've seen, especially this past earnings, I have seen so many stocks that just absolutely got hammered initially. And then if you're thinking to yourself, well, this thing's going down bad and I'm going to short it. Then all of a sudden, two seconds later, it's ripping. It's ripping. It's to the moon, circling Mars, whatever the, the Wall Street bets crowd likes to say. It's doing all of that. I mean, it's just going nuts. And so then all of a sudden you're getting short squeezed two seconds after you get in, or you might buy it because you think that this train is leaving the station without you and you get in. And as soon as you get in, it tanks. It's almost like trying to trade the FOMC statement right when it comes out. There's a lot of fake moves, a lot of false moves, and it's really not in our best interest to try to be a consistent player of that. I like the FOMC statement. I let that stuff settle down before I want to get long or short on a stock trade. So earnings... Yes, pre-market, plenty of liquidity. Would I go ahead and trade that? No, no, because the emotions are like an overdrive. And that is just not something that we as traders, we can really manage the risk well and you end up taking a lot of unnecessary losses. And it doesn't just have to be earnings. It can be news events. Maybe the stock had a, a significant news release that came out after the bell. Maybe it was a disappointing news piece where they lost a contract or maybe they won a contract and they were waiting for whatever reason to wait until after the bell to announce it. That happens quite a bit or it happens in the pre-market, they'll announce it before the market opens and you get the big pre-market run. Do I trade those? No, because a lot of times, again, you're getting people who are just knee-jerk reacting to the news piece. And then when the regular trading starts to come in, you see a lot of people start taking profits on the move and they're not going to hold up very well. And it doesn't have to be just 
you know, company specific news. It can be industry news. It can be competitor news. You know, something that happens with AMD can affect NVIDIA. We just saw SMCI sell off pretty significantly as a result of their earnings. That impacted NVIDIA quite a bit too. NVIDIA is dropping today as a result of it 5%. So it can be competitor news that's driving the stock lower in the after hours. It can be economic numbers that impact the energy stocks. Like let's say the Saudis cut production. That's going to hit a lot of oil companies in the after hours if it's announced before or after the market's closed. And while these are important news events, they're not necessarily things that I want to be trading in the after hours trading. Sometimes I won't even trade it during the regular trading hours. I want to let that price settle down some, see where if it's causing a significant sell-off, I want to see where that price is going to settle in at, start to build a support base or what kind of trend line or support level that it might bounce off of. So I might give it a few days. I don't have to react right away. And a lot of people, we see the news and and we think that it requires a reaction from us and it doesn't. Just watch it. Just watch it. Trade less. Try to find better reward risk setups, even if that upsets you in the long run because you you see some of the stocks that you could have been in and you missed out on. We like to think about those a lot, but we we soon forget about the stocks that we would have been in and lost big on. And we don't really think about that. We don't like congratulate ourselves for sometimes avoiding some of these big losses. So in summary, I don't trade the pre-market. I don't trade the aftermarkets. I think I've pretty much made that clear. I give you some tips on what to do when the stock drops below your stop loss in in the pre-market and what what to do when it opens up and whether I would even take a loss in the pre-market when it's trading below my stop loss. I don't. It's important to remember to look at the bid ask spread. What kind of spread are you dealing with? Are you talking about like there's like a four or 5% spread on a four or 5% move in the after hours? Probably not a big deal. Even if there's a lot of volume, that could just, that could be for an unknown amount of reason. And that's the only trade that's going to happen. It might be one person dumping a ton of shares and that's it. Next day it goes right back to normal. And moves on Fridays, don't really care about them. I don't think they really mean too much, even in the indices or in the futures after the market closes and they keep going up or they keep going down. Oftentimes that gets self-corrected at the open come Sunday night or, or Monday morning. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to like and subscribe on YouTube. Even if you don't watch it on YouTube, go to YouTube, like it. If you enjoyed it on the podcast platform, leave me a five-star review. Those things help out immensely, whether it's Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple. Please do that for me. I really do appreciate that. Thank you guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.